Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I just had a handful of olives. I'm feeling good, feeling great. I'm on my third iced coffee of the day. So, you know, I just have to set the scene for you here. I have quite a bit of energy right now, and usually I don't at this time. I, I always hit such a bad midday slump around 3 p.m., which is what it is right now. It's 3.11. But today, oh boy, I feel great. I started off my morning with a workout. I was rotting in bed this morning and I was like, oh, I should just cancel it. It would feel so good to sleep. But I was like, you know what? No, because first of all, I'm going to lose $25 if I don't go to this class, because if you cancel late, you don't get your money back. And I was like, you know what? I bet I'm going to feel so good after this. And lo and behold, I felt amazing. So sometimes the things you don't want to do ends up being what was best for you. (laughs) So that's my day. I'm in a kind of frenzy of getting ready for a trip that I'm going on. I'm pre-recording this episode. So when this goes up, I am already in New York City. But as I'm recording this, I leave in a few days and I'm going to Nashville first for Ellie's 21st birthday, which is going to be so fun. I'm pretty sure there's going to be 15 of us girlies. (laughs) which is gonna be insane and I've never been to Nashville before so that is gonna be interesting I'm gonna be there for like the Halloween festivities so that's gonna be chaos in the best way I'm really looking forward to it and then I'm also really excited to go to New York to see my friends my family it's gonna be my grandma's birthday and I think we're gonna do like an early birthday celebration for me there too so I'm super excited to be back in the city today I thought it'd be fun to do another advice sesh episode you guys know I do this maybe once every two months or once a month kind of however often I feel like it but I just ask you guys to ask me questions on the podcast Instagram and you guys submit things that you need help with some guidance maybe advice on and I share my two cents. We'll see what kind of mood I'm in today because sometimes I feel like, and this comes with like friends too, whenever friends come to me for advice, I have days where I am, I need to write a book. I am, you know, on my way to becoming an author. And there's other days where the advice just (laughs) doesn't make sense and it just doesn't, it doesn't hit very hard. So I'm hoping today will be a good advice day. We'll see. Keeping friendships alive while in your 20s. This is such a good question because it is so hard to balance. You don't realize until you're in your 20s and, you know, you're out of that school setting because in school, it's a lot easier to have and maintain friendships because you're in the same space every day. You guys are seeing each other every day. You know, you're in the same vicinity And when you're older, especially in your 20s, and you're thrown out of that and you guys all live your own lives, it can be so hard to make time for your friendships. And also, I feel like after high school, after college, everyone kind of goes in such different directions because in school, you're kind of on all on a similar path. But once you're out there, you know, in the real world, as they say, anyone could take a different path. I have some friends who are married and own a home. I have other friends who are like nomads and, you know, just want to travel the world. I have, you know, just so many different types of friends. And I totally understand the struggle of maintaining friendships in your 20s. That's actually an episode I want to do with my best friend and do a whole episode about this. But I think what's really important is one, trying to plan things when everyone has a, you know, free day. It can be really hard, especially once life gets busier to coordinate a time to hang out. Never take it personally if someone cancels on you because, you know, sometimes life just gets in the way and that's totally understandable. But I think making the effort is what really counts. You know, whether the plans happen or not, I think putting the effort out there is really meaningful. But I think my biggest piece of advice, if you're ever thinking about a friend and you're like, oh, I haven't talked to them in a while or you just you're thinking of a friend, 
text them. As soon as you think about them, just shoot them a text. You'd be surprised how far of a way that can go. And something as small as that keeps friendships alive because it's very easy to not even forget about your friendships, but it just goes to the back of your head and you have all these other priorities and other things going on. So when you think about someone, just shoot them a text. It goes a long way. It lets them know you're thinking about them. And even if you can't, you know, make time in your life right now to spend a whole day with them or whatever, I think something like that just shows that you still care. And there's so much changes going on in your 20s and navigating friendships is such a difficult piece of that. But I think you will realize while you're in your 20s, who your real friends are and who you want to have in your life, keep in your life. And I feel like friendships in your 20s are really, really important because they help to uplift you and, you know, help you navigate this whole growing up thing because your 20s are a weird, (laughs) weird period. But I think those are my biggest pieces of advice, you know, putting the effort out there, text them when you think about them and, you know, try to make plans. Will they always happen? No, but I think putting the effort out there will really make a difference. When is the right time to move on after a relationship? Ooh, okay, we are getting right into the good questions here. You know, when it comes to moving on, I truly think everyone has their own timeline. And it's so hard to say, this is the right time to move on because some people's healing process takes longer than others. And it really depends on what your relationship looked like, what the breakup looked like, because everyone heal- everyone's healing process looks so different and it has a different duration. You know, I, I do think that healing is a lifelong thing but i think when it comes to moving on after a relationship after a breakup you will just know it's one of those things it's your human nature you'll know when it's right do not force yourself to do anything you don't want to do you know i think there is going to be a point where say you're six months post breakup and you're like oh i'm so nervous to like go out into the dating world again or whatever don't hold yourself back from doing things like that you know you i I think at a certain point it is good to put yourself back out there but you also don't want to just be like oh it's too soon it's too soon if you know it's just like a nervous type of thing if you I don't know if that made sense but if you feel like you are ready to move on then that's when you're ready and like I said that looks different for everybody if that's a month after your breakup hey everyone's different if that's a year after again everyone's timeline is different don't compare your moving on and healing process to anyone else's because healing is not a linear journey. It's not something that there's like a start date and an end date. And for everyone, it's so, so personal. But you know, don't hold yourself back from something if you feel like it's right. And I I do truly think you'll know. I think with a lot of things in life, when you know, you know. And you know, it's okay to move on. It's, It's a weird thing moving on because especially after a relationship, you know, you spend so much time with a person and then suddenly if someone new enters your life, it's like, whoa, like I really am starting a new chapter here, but I think it can be a really beautiful and exciting thing. So listen to yourself, not the outside voices and opinions because only you truly know. So you got to listen to that. When do you know it's time to let go of something, a hobby you used to love or a person, dot, 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 et cetera. I feel like if you're asking yourself, is it time to move on from this? You know, the seed is kind of already planted in your head and that might be a sign. But I think in general, you know it's a good time to let go of something when it no longer sparks you joy or serves you in a way that feeds your soul. It's definitely tough to let go of things in life. You know, whether that's physical things, emotional things, people, places, whatever it is, it's really easy 
to want to just keep things because it's comfortable and it's what you're familiar with. But I think you'll know once it has served its purpose. Everything has different durations of how long it's going to be in your life. I feel like a lot of this episode is me being like, you'll know, you'll know. I guess the common theme right now in these last few questions that I've answered is that you just have to trust yourself and listen to yourself. And I know that can be a hard thing to do, especially when you don't have that like connection to yourself, if that makes sense. Like you don't know how to trust yourself and listen to yourself. And I know for me too, sometimes it becomes an issue, especially when I get anxious. I'm like, I don't know what is lies and and anxious thoughts in my head versus what is fact and versus what I'm actually feeling. Sometimes I have a really difficult time differentiating gut feelings versus this is just like an anxious thought. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I think you'll know when it's time to let go of something. One, when you start asking yourself that question and two, when you feel like it's kind of served your purpose and it's time to move on and on to the next thing. One thing about me, I love giving gifts. And if you are like that too, but you want to avoid boring, basic and bland gifts this year, Uncommon Goods is your secret weapon. I've been a fan of them for so long. I think I made my first purchase off their website maybe two years ago. So I'm super excited to be talking to you about them today. Uncommon Goods is here to make your holiday shopping stress-free by scouring the globe for the most remarkable and truly unique gifts for everyone on your list. No matter who you're shopping for, maybe it's your secret Santa or your entire family, Uncommon Goods knows exactly what they want. Not gonna lie, I made so many purchases from Uncommon Goods when I was in my relationship because they have great relationship stuff. I think my favorite thing I ever bought was this this real viewer. I just thought it was so cool because that was one of my favorite things from my childhood were those real viewers. If you don't know what that is, you're probably young, (laughs) but basically it's this little gadget. You look into it, there's this lever on it and you can flip through different images and basically on Uncommon Goods, you could create your own custom reel. And so you can put pictures and photos of whatever you want. And I just think it's such a cool and nostalgic gift for someone. When you shop at Uncommon Goods, you're supporting artists and small independent businesses. These fine products are often made in small batches. So shop now before they sell out this holiday season. What I love about Uncommon Goods is that they look for products that are high quality, unique and often handmade made in the U.S. From art and jewelry to kitchen, home, and bar, Uncommon Goods has something for everyone. And with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than $2.5 million to date, which is so cool. If you didn't know about Uncommon Goods before, I'm happy I get to put them on your radar. You can definitely thank me later. And to get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com mind. That's uncommongoods.com mind for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer, Uncommon Goods, we're all out of the ordinary. What is the best way to hint to someone that you like them? Ooh, okay, there's a lot of different approaches here. And I think for every situation, you're gonna need to take a different approach, you know, depending on what your situation looks like. So there's obviously the approach of the slight bitchiness, (laughs) which, you know, sometimes it like turns guys on when you're like a little bit bitchy to them, but like in a flirty way. But don't take it too far. Like, don't be genuinely rude and mean. I mean, again, everyone has different approaches. There's also the very upfront approach. If you're just a very honest person being like, hey, I like you. Do you like me? Let's try this out. Let's do it. There's a lot of different ways you can approach this here. But personally, how I like to let someone know I like them is when you're with them (laughs) doing those little like, (laughs) you know, when you're like laughing with them or whatever, and you like 
gently slap their shoulder because it's like that little physical touch that you wouldn't really do with a guy you're not interested in because you wouldn't want to touch a guy you're not interested in. When you're interested in a guy, I feel like you naturally just want to like touch them, if that makes sense. Like I know when I'm into someone, I will like playfully slap them on their shoulder or like on their chest or something. It's very playful. Or I also think a good thing to do is maintaining eye contact with them. So if you're with them when in person, stare them down. I know eye contact can be uncomfy, but it is such a good way to get someone to like to get someone's attention because a lot of people these days don't know how to keep eye contact. And if you can keep eye contact with someone that you're interested in, <laughs> game over. There's like a lot of tension there. And I think they'll catch the vibe. You know, look at their eyes, take a little look at their lips. If you are like talking to someone and you start looking at their lips, I think they're going to get the message. But again, everyone has different approaches. It kind of depends, but I don't know, play around with it. How to deal with negative body image. I totally get how frustrating this is because I have been there before, but lately, I don't know. I haven't been focusing on what I look like so much versus just how I'm feeling. And I think a big factor for me is not spending too much time staring at myself in the mirror because I know when I used to stare at myself in the mirror a lot, I would start to nitpick and just look at myself and be like, oh, these are all the things I want to change. This is what's not quote unquote perfect. And so I think that's something that has personally helped me a lot is not giving myself the chance to even overanalyze my flaws or whatever my body. Also like a mindset shift thing for me that really helped was seeing my body not as what makes me me, but it's the shell, <laughs> stick with me here, that holds me. Because me, who I truly am, is my spirit, my soul, my like brain, how I am. It's not the physical part. Yes, it plays a small role in it, but to me that just kind of took away the importance of what I looked like because I'm like, you know what? That is the least interesting thing about me. Ooh, this is an interesting one. How to take things less personally. You've kind of asked the wrong person, but you know what? Maybe we can work through this together right here on the podcast. So for me, this this triggered something in my head because it's it's something that I try to work on and it's frustrating, but genuinely, and I, I mean this, if I, I take things personally so much so in a way that if I take someone to my favorite restaurant, I love this restaurant, I love this place, I'm so excited to share it with someone, and they're like, the food isn't my favorite, you know, I don't, I don't think I'd ever come back, I would take that personally. Is that my fault they don't like the food? No. <laughs> We're at a restaurant. I have, I have no ties to this, right? But that's just an example of how personally I take things sometimes. So I, I totally get it. And it's frustrating because, you know, when people say stuff like that, usually it's not personal. However, you know, when people genuinely do make personal attacks, it's funny because I almost don't. Like when people even online make comments about who I am or what I look like, I don't take that stuff personally, even though that is like a personal attack. But for some reason, you know, if I bring someone to a restaurant and they don't like the food, I take that personally somehow. I don't know how that works, but whatever. I do think take things personally sometimes. But I think in general, it's important to know that when people say things to you, nine out of 10 times, it has nothing to do with you. You know, even if they're insulting you or saying something mean or rude, I think it mostly is a projection of their insecurities. And that's something I've really realized is that people who attack other people, try to bring them down, that says a lot more about them than it does about you because only you know who you truly are and what you value and what you're worth. And when people try to make personal attacks on you, 
it really just exposes them more in a way. So I think looking at, at it like that is helpful. I also think that just knowing that usually people aren't trying to personally attack you is very helpful, but I don't know. I, I, I'm still working on this too. I really think that the biggest thing that's helped me is kind of just compartmentalizing it, if that makes sense. And if someone, you know, has something to say about me, I'm like, okay, that's how you feel. That's how you feel. I'm not going to try and change that. Whatever. You know, does that matter? No, my opinion of myself matters most. So I don't know. I don't know if that was helpful at all. I'm so sorry. You know what? I need to stop apologizing for things. You know, we're all figuring things out together. I don't have the answers to everything. Unfortunately, I wish I did. Maybe one, eh, not, eh, it's never gonna happen. Anyway, I really think my friend is struggling with her mental health, but she keeps denying it. Ooh, I have been here before. This is a definitely a tough situation to navigate because you want to be a good friend, but sometimes you don't know how, especially if, you know, they're not talking about it which is totally valid. You know, this person might not be ready to, they might not feel comfortable to, or they might not even realize it themselves yet. But I think the first thing that is good to do is to not push for a response or, you know, keep like asking because sometimes that can be triggering for someone who is struggling with their mental health. And it's not always easy to open up about stuff like that. So I completely get that. But I I know it's obviously you want to be a good friend. And so I think you can be a good friend in ways that, you know, isn't, how are you doing? How are you doing? Like, are you okay? Like, talk to me, please. You know, even just doing little things to brighten their day, like a little text or making a little plan with them, checking up on them without being too, I don't want to say pushy, but, you know, being too forward with it, little things like that, I think are really helpful. Maybe treating them to like a little Starbucks or something. I feel like when someone's struggling with their mental health, it's so hard to navigate because you don't know what they're going through and you want to be a good friend. So I think it's the little things and just letting them know that you're there for them whenever they are ready to talk, if they are, and just being there for them is kind of the best thing that you can do. Before you book any brunch, you pour over lists and lists of reviews, so why not do the same when you're booking a doctor's appointment? With ZocDoc, you can see real, verified patient reviews to help find the right doctor in your network and in your neighborhood. After all, finding the right doctor is just as, if not more, important than finding the perfect avocado toast. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. One thing that used to bring me a lot of stress after moving out and living alone away from my parents was finding new doctors in a new city, but I found out about ZocDoc, and it's the go-to whenever I need to find and book a quality doctor. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun, whether you're trying to straighten your teeth, fix an achy back, any issue that you have that arises, they've got you covered. Their mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting delivery to your house. You just search, find, and book doctors with a few taps. I'm the type of person that likes to read people's reviews before I go somewhere new, whether that's a restaurant or a nail salon. And I really like ZocDoc because you can find and review local doctors and you can, you know, read some verified patient reviews from real people who made real appointments. So now when you walk into that doctor's office, you're all set to see someone in your network who gets you. You can visit ZocDoc.com, find the doctor that's right for you, book an appointment in person or remotely that works for your schedule. If you're interested, go to ZocDoc.com mind and download Download the ZocDoc app for free, then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash mind, ZocDoc dot com slash mind. Go check it out. Motivation to get my life back together. I've been in such a rut. I feel this. I 
go through phases of ruts kind of often recently. And I don't know why I'll just like have a few days where I just feel so unmotivated. I, I don't have a good vibe or energy around myself, but I don't know. Sometimes they come and go and other times they last a little bit longer. So I know how frustrating it is to go through that when you want to feel happy again and feel good. And it comes down to not motivation, but discipline. And I know it's, it's, it's hard to hear because if there was one simple answer to how to get motivated again, you know, I think we'd all know it by now because how amazing would that be if it was just as easy as that? But the thing about motivation is it definitely comes and goes, but what doesn't come and go is discipline. If you stick to something, if you make promises to yourself and keep it, I feel like that builds even more of that and that, that leads to motivation. It's funny because I think the process to having motivation is not getting motivated and then doing all the things. It's doing all the things and then that makes you motivated, if that <laughs> makes sense. But also I feel like a good approach is to start small or start big. And I say or because, you know, everyone's different. Some people like to take baby steps towards a goal or some people want to take leaps and bounds. Everyone is so different in how they approach things like this. So I think you have to listen to yourself. Be like, what can I do to get to this place that I want to be? Write a to-do list. Listen to a motivating podcast while you're getting your shit together and getting your shit done. My favorite is the Ed Milet series on the Skin Confidential podcast. I've talked about it so much and I'm not going to stop talking about it because that man motivates me so much. How to break away from someone who you are emotionally connected to. Ooh, I know this all too well. Breaking attachment is one of the hardest things to do, but I promise it is possible I thought it would be impossible, but I'm here to tell you, no matter what type of bond you've built with someone, it is, it's possible to get through it and get to the other end of the tunnel. And I know how hard it can be when you just want to get there so badly, but it just feels endless and it feels like you're never going to get over this feeling. But I think what it comes down to is just the discipline of not reaching out, which sounds simple, like, oh, don't reach out, but you'd be surprised how many people do not and like can't quote unquote can't do that you just gotta cut off all contact for me when i had to when i was attempting to break attachment the biggest thing for me was time and distance and that did me wonders it wasn't like a two three day process it took weeks and it took a while you know for some people it's gonna be shorter some people it's gonna be longer i also think a really big thing for me at the time i was like i'm never gonna be able to connect with someone again like frick, like I need to keep this person in my life. And I'm here to tell you now that's not true. Humans are made to connect with each other. If you are staying with someone and you want to get out of it, but you just feel so emotionally connected to them, I promise there's other people you'll connect with. I promise. How do you stay focused when doing a long project for school or for work? So I think something that personally really helps me is, you know, having little goals. I don't like to attempt thing in a big chunk and then giving myself a little reward or a little break after reaching that goal. So let's let's use the example, you're writing a 10-page essay. For your to-do list, do not put write 10-page essay because you're not gonna check anything off that to-do list for a very long time. But instead, break that down into smaller little tasks. So whether that's writing the introduction, writing the first paragraph, writing page one, page two, whatever, writing the conclusion, citing sources, whatever pieces go into the project you're doing for work, for school, for anything in life, if you want to stay focused, I think breaking it down like that is 
so much easier for you to compartmentalize that instead of just seeing it as this daunting task. I think when you break things down in general, it's really helpful to see it broken up into smaller pieces. It's a lot more approachable. And then once you complete each little thing, give yourself a reward, whether that's a little break, a snack break, a music break, do something that's not that. And I don't know, that's personally kind of what helps me. How to break bad habits. Ooh, that's a hard one. But I will say it's definitely possible. Whatever bad habit you're thinking about, something that helps me is just knowing that nothing changes if nothing changes. If I want to see a change in my life and want to break a habit, then I need to hold myself accountable because I can say all these things about, oh, I want to change this. I want to change that. But if I don't do anything about it, then I can't complain about it because it's the powers in my hands to break it. If you don't break the cycle today, then the loop is going to continue tomorrow. And it's, it's not that un- if you don't stop the cycle today, then the loop will repeat tomorrow and it's going to repeat until you finally just do the dang thing. <laughs> Obviously, I know habits are hard to break. I love James Clear Atomic Habits book. He talks about how to break bad habits. And I think I, I have read that a while ago. I've been meaning to reread it because I want to have that information freshly in my head again because I really love that book. It changed my life in a lot of ways. I think another really helpful thing is to start creating new habits to kind of overcrowd and flood out the bad habits. I'm pretty sure that was in the book. And that for me was really helpful because I was like, oh, I don't have to only focus on breaking bad habits. I can incorporate new ones into my life and that'll kind of flood out the other ones and kind of do the job for me because I'm having new habits in my life and I won't even have room for the bad ones anymore. How to live life in the moment and not constantly worry about the future. Great question. That's something I used to struggle with a lot. And then I just let go of expectations for the future. Not that I don't, you know, have goals and things I want, but I used to be so focused on the future. I wasn't even existing in the present moment. And if you think about it, the future doesn't even exist yet. That's something that either is going to bring you peace or anxiety. And for some reason, it brings me a lot of peace knowing that the future doesn't exist yet. The moment you're in right now, this is the future that you a few years ago was thinking about. But it doesn't feel like the future because the future doesn't exist. All we have is right now. The past doesn't even exist in a way. All that is existing right now is this moment that we're in. And having that mindset has definitely helped me to be more present in moments. And I also think that there's little things you can do to bring yourself in the current moment. If you feel yourself kind of, you know, getting away from it, your mind is going elsewhere or worrying about the future, things that happened in the past. Something that really helps me is looking around at my environment, noticing, you know, what sounds am I hearing? What colors am I seeing? What objects can I point out that are around me? Grounding yourself in the present moment is so helpful because it makes you realize that this is what is happening right now and this is the only moment that exists. I don't know if that made sense. I've heard it somewhere before and I've done this method and it's really helpful to just take into account your surroundings and it's it's very, very grounding. How did you manage to work on your social anxiety? Would love to know. It might help me. So there's a few things that have really helped me. If you haven't listened to the podcast before, you're not familiar, that's something I've struggled with for years and years now. It was so bad to a point that I used to feel like I was just in a constant state of panic. Anytime I was in a group setting, I would overthink far too much and it would just, my heart would start racing. I would like get the sweats, whatever. It was pretty bad. I know some people have it 
worse or less, but social anxiety is definitely a real thing. If you experience it, I'm here for you. I feel for you and I totally understand. What really helped me was one, you're gonna hate this answer, but exposure therapy. And if you don't know what exposure therapy is, it's basically, okay, well, you know what? Let's not get this wrong. Let me actually look it up. I've been pretty good about that lately because I don't wanna spread false information, but hey, no one comes to me because I'm a professional about anything, but exposure therapy is a technique in behavior therapy to treat anxiety disorders. Exposure therapy involves exposing the target patient to the anxiety source or its context without the intention to cause any danger. Doing so is thought to help them overcome their anxiety or distress. So that's one definition, but it's, it kind of is self-explanatory, I guess, just getting yourself exposed to it. So I had a mission in my head. I was like, I want to overcome this because it was so frustrating and I, you know, didn't want to be like that forever. I thought I was going to be stuck in this, but the more I hung out with people, you know, at first, I'm not going to lie, it was hard. It wasn't, you know, constantly getting better, better, better. There were days that I did this and you know, it felt like I was taking two steps back, sometimes one step forward, sometimes three steps back, sometimes more forward and less back until it just got to a point where over the last year, year and a half, I have felt a shift in myself where I don't get as socially anxious as I used to. I definitely still do in certain situations, bring it out more than others. But I also think that it was really nice to find other people who experience social anxiety because they get what you're going through. And so I feel like when you're hanging around with someone who you know also experiences that, there's like this understanding and you know they know how it feels and it just, I don't know, makes it feel like a safe environment to be whoever you are. I don't know if that made sense. Um, but I also think that it's important to know that no one is judging you the way you think they're judging you when you're in a social situation. Everyone's so focused on what they're saying, what they're doing, how they look, how they are presenting themselves, that there's, you know, not extra space in their head for them to be focused on what you are doing or saying. And I promise you, it's funny because, you know, sometimes when you get anxious, you're like, oh shit, like did, did, I, did what I just say sound weird? Was that weird to say? Whatever. 99% of the time, people aren't gonna remember that. There's been moments where I'm like, frick, why did I say that? I regret that so much. They're probably gonna think about that. But I know they don't because I don't have any memory in my head of weird things that weird things that people have done or said. So it's just like a testament to if I don't notice those things and I don't think about other people like that, then that's definitely not happening to me either. Letting go of perfectionism. Ooh, I think my biggest piece of advice for this to let go of this expectation of yourself is to know that if you only aim to be perfect, you are never going to achieve the things you want because I feel like in a perfectionist's eyes, nothing is ever fully perfect. There's always going to be something you can do more of or fix or make better. And I think being a perfectionist holds you back from so much because you have this just idea in your head that things need to be perfect. And you know what? They don't. And I know it's a hard thing to let go of, but just know that if you don't let go of it, you're going to miss out on a lot of things and experiences and being a perfectionist I feel like is very limiting in a lot of ways. I know for me if I was a perfectionist with my videos I wouldn't be uploading once a week. I'd be uploading like once every two months and then you know what by the time I'm like ready to upload it I've overthought it so much that I'm probably not going to upload at all and so for me I've let go of that and I'm just like you know what it's fine. Things don't have to be quote-unquote perfect because there's no such thing as a perfect anything because everyone has their own opinions and not everyone's going to agree with whatever. I don't know where my brain is going here. I feel like the last few questions I've been like spitting some bars <laughs> and now um, it's, you know, it's getting a little confusing. My brain is hurting, but 
stick with me here. If you want to let go of that perfectionist mindset, I think you just have to force yourself to do things in a not perfect way. I know that sounds scary, but I think that might be helpful. It's like exposure therapy for that. You know, don't keep trying to do things perfectly. Just do things and let it be. How the hell do I get over my ex? Ooh, the million dollar question. Is there one perfect answer to this? No, because everyone gets over people differently. And I've also met some people who like never do. And they're like fully married and they still think about their ex from 10 years ago. Don't think about that. (laughs) I promise it's possible. I've, girl, if I'm gonna be honest, I don't know. But what I would personally do is mute them on everything. I don't know. It depends if you're a block, if you're a blocking type of person, then block them, whatever. If you're not a, the type of person who you want to like block, then don't, but mute everything. Because if you're seeing their social media posts, mute their friends too. mute people who post him or her. I feel like if you're constantly seeing this person and what they're doing, or even like anything associated with them, like their friends or people they hang out with, They're going to constantly be in your stream of consciousness. So to erase them from your stream of consciousness, you've got to erase them from your life in whatever way possible. If a shirt reminds you of them, I'm sorry, but you might have to donate the shirt. (laughs) Like, I don't know. There's so many different pieces of advice people give when it's like, how do I get over my ex? I also think a big thing is distractions. And, you know, distractions can only last for so long. But I do think especially when it's bad and when you can't get them out of your head and you're spiraling into thinking about them, maybe even reaching out to them. No, no, no. You've got to distract yourself. Go hang out with your friends. Go do something outside. Leave your phone at home. Do something to distract you. I know some people really only get over someone when they find their next person. (sighs) I don't know. That's such a such a tough thing, but I promise it's possible. I know it can be so frustrating when you can't stop thinking about them. Trust me, I've been there. I think pouring into you so much so that you don't even have time to think about them, pouring into your friends and other things and just doing so much <laughs> that you don't have space or room to think about them. You know, at a certain point that gets exhausting and that's not exactly healthy if you're doing that all the time because, you know, at some point you can't always be go, 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 always distracted. At some point, you are going to have to deal with it and face it. So I don't know what the perfect answer for this is. It's it's hard. I wish there was like one perfect answer to give that completely solved this. But I I do know that you'll figure it out because we all do. And you know, we, we get through everything we go through. Okay, that was the last question I'm going to answer. Thank you all for writing in. I hope my advice made sense. You know, sometimes when I record these advice episodes, I kind of black out. And then at the end, I'm like, well, I hope I said something valuable. So either way, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to see what I'm up to because I'm traveling right now, definitely go check out my personal Instagram. I will talk to you all very, very soon. That was all the advice on my mind. Bye.